And so then I told the dude, yeah, she's a guy for sure. Oh. <laughs> You've been watching too much catfish. What's <laughs> up, so guys? Uh, welcome to another episode of Off the Top Podcast. Uh, I just want to thank you guys for tuning in again. We've been gaining traction and it's been getting a lot more exciting, you know, especially on the content creation side. This stuff is awesome. Uh, this is Jordan. What's up? This is Julian. And yeah, we noticed you guys really liked us as archaeologists and what we bring to the table. So we thought we'd bring some more. Yeah. And so on the topic of creation and content creation, we're going to be talking about YouTube just in general and kind of more specifically at the end, going to be talking about how to kind of create and start your own YouTube channel. Now, before we get into this, Julian, what are some of the things that you watch on YouTube? I watch a lot of like sneaker related content, um, not so much reviews, but maybe like vlogs. I do watch a lot of vlogs, oddly enough. Um, I do watch like video games and a lot of tech stuff. And if something's just really well produced, I'll, I'll tune into it regardless of what it is. Gotcha. And so is there anybody like, you know, if, if there was the guy for your YouTube consumption, whose channel would it be? Um, the person I would like to see make more content, but I do enjoy when they do make content is a BMX rider named Nigel Sylvester, who makes some pretty kick-ass content in terms of like where he travels to, the way it's edited, the flow, um, the people in the videos, everything about it's just really cool in my style. Yeah, definitely. I've watched some of those and it's really good as far as, you know, delivering a story and a very like catchy and light, really cool way. So if you guys are into like, you know, videography or like BMX or even travel, like I would suggest searching that up on YouTube. What are some of the areas or categories that draw your attention in the YouTube space? In the YouTube space, I'm kind of drawn towards there's two things. So either I'm looking for information as far as knowledge or I'm looking for entertainment. And I feel like that's basically how you can separate the YouTube videos into either, you know, you're looking for information or entertainment. And uh, as far as the like entertainment goes, there's a lot of, you know, basketball or video games, um, a little bit of just kind of your quirky, you know, good videos. Um, on the other side, as far as information goes, there's a lot of like Veritasium, SciShow, like science-based stuff. And then obviously with like learning the things I want to learn there, you know, I just looked up the Euclidean distance and like learned about that. I don't even know what that is, but I'm glad it's on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting too that you say that you kind of have these categories of knowledge, entertainment, um, and I mean, there's subcategories and like whatever it may be, but the growth of YouTube from, I don't know, let's say 10 years ago to now is completely different. And it's very interesting to see how that growth has progressed to having all these different avenues to um, entertain yourself or learn or kill time, I guess. Yeah, I think you're right. And you can kind of see, well, now you can't really track back to what it was like back then unless you were there. But 
you could see that there's a lot more fighting room for people to like get in the game and kind of make a name for themselves. And now I feel like things have shaken out a little bit more. And now it's just like one upsmanship almost to get to the top and be one of those big content creators on YouTube. Yeah. And it's also unique because 10 years ago, I guess the people that are big now were posting videos on YouTube as a hobby and what they enjoyed. And then it became this revenue source through ads, um, paid videos, promotions, you know, video cons or meetups or selling merchandise or what that may be. And now it is a full-fledged career where you have people making millions of dollars a month or hundreds of thousands of dollars or getting paid to, you know, make a short video on this product. And there's whole channels based around that. So the evolution of, you know, a hobby to now a hobby you can get paid for has really changed the lane for a lot of people, including our generation. Yeah, and I think that's what's kind of been one of the main drivers for the change in culture and just the way that YouTube is, is that people see it as a possibility for a monetary source of some types and also fame and the fact that YouTube's used in a lot of different ways by a lot of people. So now you're not just seeing this random guy that talks about ants every Saturday morning. There's actually like a following and, you know, that actually has some real life implications to it. Yeah, let's take a second to talk about the ants guy, right? So give a little backstory about how you came across it. And I've heard about it a few times and watched a few of these videos, but I'd like to hear your take on. Yeah, yeah. So one of those entertainment channels, I mean, maybe you can even bridge it to information and the fact that I you learn about ants is there's a guy YouTube channel called Ants Canada and I found it from the YouTube trending and the trending like page and then I watched one episode and it was pretty pretty interesting as far as the storytelling goes as far as the entertainment style but also you learn a lot about ants and basically this guy is just obsessed about ants and has these like huge terrariums of like thousands, like probably, he probably has more than a million ants in this one room and different types as far as like, uh, like there's I have some sort of like leaf cutter ant, fire ants, and like he really tells the story really well. And so that's why I'm kind of hopped on a little bit of just he sucked me in and somebody super random, like I've never looked up ants yeah. before, but somehow I found it and somehow I'm liking it. Yeah, it's it's quite the phenomena that YouTube has grown to having all of these subcategories and people with their channels. Like you said, ants isn't one of the things that you go out of your way to search, but it has, I don't know how many followers he has or subscribers, but it definitely probably is growing once he's on trending page. And I've, the videos I've watched, like he does a good job. It's, you know, tells a good story, you know, names his colonies and, gets viewers engaged and is also yeah you're also entertained by something you don't you know little to nothing about and then that grows by him informing you and you can find that all the different weird rabbit holes of youtube yeah yeah definitely and i think that's kind of the scary and great part about youtube is that there are some very very random and odd things that you can find on there that just fit your niche so perfectly yeah um (laughs) Speaking of kind of a rabbit hole or weird information, there's a lot of, you know, false information on YouTube, too. Like, you can't take everything people say for words, but I've definitely had those moments where it's, you know, 2.30 in the morning and I'm just watching YouTube videos and you're just kind of 
going down like the suggested feed and then you kind of end up in like weird conspiracy theories and like you know latin music videos or maybe like the huge section of uh child videos that are on there now which is unique seeing like the parenting shift instead of like having your kid engaged in public you're just like you know here's a tablet watch these puppets or watch this animation or something yeah yeah it's very interesting to kind of you stumble upon just kind of the weird almost the outcasts of youtube and the fact that they're not big um maybe they're like there's a one hit wonder channel or things like that that you can stumble upon and there are there's some like you know off information but at the same time i think there are some actually some really good information if you can find it in the fact of you can learn literally you can learn languages and i've learned a language on youtube myself personally i want to keep it a mystery on what i learned (laughs) but yeah Um, and it's also the growth of youtube to where i think do you think it's safe to say youtube is what created virality uh i i don't think so i think that kind of social media and the fact of, you know, and YouTube is social media at this point, but I would say somewhat of the kind of YouTube crew provided the things to go viral, but what really made them viral was the Twitters, the Facebooks. Yeah. The sharing of it all. I, I'm curious to like everyone looks for the golden key to virality and what it is, but is there any viral videos that come to your mind that you're like that were either really funny to you or and just random or you're like, you know, that's really weird. Um I mean you you know of the classics of the Gangnam style, um just random things like that. But as far as I'm concerned, the things that I find that are just like, oh, dude, that's that's a hit in my book are just very not <laughs> not the things that I feel like people would find viral in mm-hmm. a sense. And I think as we transition to talk about things that have kind of spread across the Internet, there's one show I know both you and I watch um, hosted by First We Feast. It's called Hot Ones, which uh, once again, in the world of YouTube, like. I don't go out of my way to look up celebs eating chicken wings, right? And they created this this space or this weekly series where you have a celebrity eating very, very hot chicken wings and, you know, getting interviewed and kind of getting knocked off their block and answering, you know, a little bit more honest or something. Um, very unique use of YouTube. Yeah, and truly, like, we follow this channel because it is good. You know, like, do I really care um, about what, like, some some model is doing? Not really. But do I enjoy seeing people go through pain and uncomfortable situations uh, while at the same time getting, like, asked these tougher questions as the wings get hotter? Hell yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those things to attest to that it isn't like it's obscure celebrities or like C or D listers. It's like you'll get Kevin Hart's or, I mean, Johnny Knoxville or Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, rappers, you know, people, 
Alton Brown, chefs, all these different people are very notable in their class to come do this interview slash press junket and answers, give some insight to some people I didn't even think about or, you know, very well researched questions. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's, that's exactly what it is. And I think that's why it's so powerful is that somehow they found a niche that hasn't been touched before. And they found a huge following of fans that are very loyal and they kind of made themselves entrepreneurs in the fact that now that they have their own hot sauce and they sell it and, you know, it's becoming a very large aspect of, I feel like, YouTube in how it's growing. And I think that's still one of those things where, you know, you can't always say like, oh, YouTube's kind of closed off, like everything's done for what it is. And somewhat of what I mentioned before, which now I'm sounding probably like I'm taking back my words, (laughs) but uh, on the outside, it looks like everything's, you know, sewed up. But obviously you find these kind of channels that kind of go against the rules and innovate and just explode. Yeah. Um. We actually tried the hot, we've done the hot, hot one challenge a few times. Very painful. Um, but it does make for a good show. And now that we've done it, I definitely relate to the show a little bit more, but I would have never done it without the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something you naturally just kind of like think about doing normally. I mean, granted, some people do like Chili Klaus is one of those guys who does, but. At the same time, like you probably don't want to do it because it is very painful. Yeah. And you kind of spoke on it like uh, YouTube's ability to generate. So it has subscribers, hot ones has subscribers, then they generate a product, which is widely sought after by those followers, which is goes by word of mouth and more people hear about it. That, that all started from, you know, as some people say, oh, it's just a video or, you know, it's a stupid idea that people are making tons of money off of properly building up their channel, um, getting the right audience, you know, building something relevant to its viewers. And then besides making the money from YouTube, making the money from their products. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how YouTube kind of became a business in the fact that your own personal channel can become a business and can become a reflection of your own personal brand. And if you want to learn about personal brands, you could obviously look up our podcast about that that we had a couple of weeks ago that we talked about some pretty like key players in the personal brand building game like The Rock and so on. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because our podcast isn't on YouTube. Um, we just never really have got around to it. We may eventually one day once we hit more listeners or something like that. Or maybe if you want to sponsor us. You can go ahead and sponsor us with a free shout out. I don't know. Um, but getting into that point, like building a personal channel, do you have any experience on the platform of YouTube? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, the way that I have experience with YouTube is I created a YouTube channel about motorcycles. And uh, I, for those of you who don't know, I ride motorcycles and I have ridden them for for a good a, lo- a handful of years now uh, and being young i think that's kind of formative and so i created one for that yeah and i've made one for so i have like i've made one i guess two for sneakers at this point i both use both of them for sneakers and gotten use it for like just background knowledge on marketing and kind of understanding how the process works not saying like my channel's 
weren't widely like hugely successful as everyone you know dreams to be but i do believe i have a very good understanding of how that the youtube channel works yeah exactly and so how would you break it down for somebody who isn't in the game and kind of is thinking about getting into it how would you start julian um my first thing would be is like if you're listening to this because it is titled how to be successful on youtube you're in it for the wrong reasons um, as we touched on before, all you've probably heard it all the time on YouTube from your favorite creators, but everyone from an example I'll use like MKBHD has been doing it for 10 years now. When he started, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to do this and become this giant megalith of a channel. Like I'm going to do this because I like technology. I like learning about the product and I want to share my information with others. And then through that general passion and hobby, his channel got to where it is today. But if you're coming in to try to be like, oh, I want to be the next Casey Neistat or I want to be the next Vsauce or something along those lines because they have millions of subscribers, millions of views, they're making good money from ad revenue, um, they're getting these sponsorships, you're in it for the wrong reason and you're going to find out it's a lot of work to get where they're at and a lot of time. It's not going to happen in two months. Yeah, I think that you said it very well in the fact that you see a lot of people flocking to YouTube and they have their eyes set on doing that and being those type of people. But you got to remember that those people had a lot of grinding years and the fact that a lot of the time they were doing it out of the love of doing it. And they kind of happened to become successful and become well-known and YouTube famous and make a lot of money or a good amount of money doing it. It's not something that just you just walk this short path of success. And some people get really lucky and that happens. But for the majority of the people who are that way, it came from dedication and kind of deferring that gratitude of, you know, oh, okay, this video isn't as successful as I hoped it would be. Uh, good thing I'm going to make another video next week anyway. Yeah. So I think going into the first step of how and how to build a YouTube channel, I think is setting a clear mission or objective for your channel. So whether it be you're doing vlogs, um, auto tech, guns, beer, shoes, games, that's where you're going to be, right? You can diversify, but you want to make sure the audience you're getting is for, you know, say it's food. We'll talk about Binging with Babish, who was somewhat of an overnight success in some reasons, but he decided, you know, I'm going to take food from movies and I'm going to recreate it. And that was his channel. So when people came to his channel, they knew what they were going to get. They look at his previous videos. They see, okay, it's a food from this movie and he's remaking it. It's not like, here's a food from this movie. Oh, here's me talking about a book I read. And here's this, this, and that. Like, that doesn't happen at the start. You're not going to grow any subscribers because they're not going to know what you're producing consistently. Yeah, I think you're right in the fact that you definitely want to pick the spot that you want to make your presence known in YouTube. And granted, once you become very established and somewhat bona fide, you can kind of dabble in different things. But at the very start of the nascent and growing phases, you want to be very particular of, you know, you're, you're focused on these type of videos and you're going to be making these type of videos. Yeah. And then once you have that established, I think it's, um, smart to 
figure out a channel description, maybe some channel artwork like a banner, you know, a logo or a photo, what you're using for a channel, a consistent kind of theme. So when someone does look at your videos or goes to your profile, it's like a very appropriate for whatever you're doing kind of um, description or links to your, you know, social media or other places they may be able to interact with you, um, kind of keeping it up to date. That way when they, you upload or, you know, they see a logo in your video, they can relate it to your channel and it all kind of connects throughout, which is very important to have a cohesive campaign almost. Yeah. And I think that if you were kind of stumbling upon that point, uh, one good thing that you could do and one good thing you could do in general is look at these channels that are doing it well and see what kind of patterns they have and notice them. Like, for instance, MKBHD, which we've mentioned before, always has the same intro and very, very like always has the same outro and the fact that it's very, very similar. I mean, hey, what's up, guys? It's MKBHD. Yeah. You know how I, I can say it and I don't make those videos. It's it's one of those things where you want to have a cadence for your audience so that they have something that they know is going to be there. Yeah. And then before you get to, I got, before you step into video creation, I think it's also important, like you said, to do your research on the community you're in and seeing what some of the top creators are doing and seeing if there are new entrants to understand where your spot in that space is. Obviously, you have to disrupt the space to get, say, you get where you want or share the information, but maybe see how they are, you know, titling their videos, how they're adding their description, because I think being able to inform someone through their description, so say you're talking, video games maybe you describe it a little like okay today i played chapter two of batman telltale games where you know we saw the joker meet batman for the first time so they read that you know three sentences like okay i know what this video is about here it is instead of you know writing some description like i'm playing a game today like some if someone's reading the description they'd be like well i will go find someone else playing this game and kind of see what they're doing or something along those lines yeah and I don't want it to sound like it's going to be tiptoeing the line of, say, being clickbaity, but you definitely want to give the viewers a reason to watch your YouTube video. And either that is somewhat of a salacious thumbnail uh, that is not misleading, but describes your channel in a, or like, you know, your video in a very good way or like an interesting way or an interesting description but you want to make sure you do that and also a good thing or a serious thing about youtube is that you got to be good at tagging your videos too you have to be good at that or else you won't be seen yeah so once you um so i'll, I'll get to t we'll talk tagging after creation of video so i think the thing that's important about creation of video or content is um making sure you're enjoying it making sure it's your style not copying someone else's style because if you're copying Casey Neistat style, why is someone going to watch you when they're going to watch Casey Neistat do it in his own style or MKBHD, et cetera? So you want to make your own style that people connect with, and that way it's original. So when you're cutting it and editing it, you're having a good time because over time, cutting and editing can get dry. You're going to be doing it a lot. you got to be consistent. You mean a lot of these channels that are successful upload four times a week unless it's extremely quality content that takes nine hours to edit and then, you know, a few hours to render. Um, you're really going to have to make sure you're enjoying what you're doing and the content you're creating. So when you go through that whole process and feel like a grind, it feels like something you're happy to put out there. Yeah. I think you hit on something very good in that aspect of, you know, you got to make sure that you have your style and that doesn't mean that it 
can't be somewhat derivative off of, you know, a, somebody you're a big fan of or somebody who you saw did a video that you thought was the best video ever, but it has to be something that you personally embody as far as what you're bringing out there. Yeah. And I mean, quality and editing softwares and how you edit and, you know, post production, that's all really up to you. Um, I mean, if you want to get into it, do it with what you can. If you have a cell phone, cell phones are good enough by far now to make mm-hmm. whatever it is, or you're recording games or whatever it is. Just show your personality. Don't really worry in the first steps about buying the $1,200 camera, because if you don't know how to use the $1,200 camera, it's not worth $1,200. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think John said it in the, the fashion mm-hmm. podcast that we had. Uh, it's the Indian, not the arrow. Yeah, I remember that. That's strong. Um, so once you've produced your video, right, and you figured out a title that relates, that's going to get someone's attention, um, you figured out kind of what, you know, you obviously know what it's about. So when you're tagging that video, um, YouTube also works on like SEO, so like search engine optimization. So if your description is very descriptive and it's using relevant terms to like what is being said in the video, because YouTube has a program that can read or tells every word that you're saying roughly to kind of tag it and categorize it in its own if your description matches that and then you're using your the words or your tag words to say you're talking about you know the samsung galaxy s9 and you say it five times in your video your description says it three times and you have it tagged once as samsung galaxy s9 samsung galaxy s9 all different ones you're more likely to rank when someone searches Samsung Galaxy S9 than you saying it once in your video, not mentioning your description and only having one way of it being spelled or one way of it pronounced in your tag words. Yeah. Wow. That's a very good tip. And I personally didn't know that YouTube software and how they manage their videos was so, you know, involved and thorough. Yeah, so that's one of the things, too, is you realize where people get demonetized or monetization once you get to that route of reaching certain amount of hours viewed, certain amount of subscribers, and these other things. Like, a lot of people get demonetized because if you're saying inappropriate things in your video, it, it software catches that and says, you know, this might not be friendly to ads, which is monetization. So, like, if I am Coca-Cola and I want to put an ad on YouTube the display network of YouTube and you know, your, your thing is constantly cussing or saying derogatory things. I don't want my video or my ad to be associated with your video. So I'm not going to run the ad on it. And that's demonetization or you using copyrighted music where it's very important to get original music for your videos if you use it. Yeah. And so basically that sounds like the building blocks for kind of eventually when you set yourself up for, you know, monetization and, basically gaining as much as you can from the videos you want to make sure that those things are in line yeah and then i think lastly the way to get there if your goal is to get monetized and hit that number a certain amount of subscribers or views is not being afraid to share it and place it in relevant places so um, if you're really passionate about it and you have a facebook put it on your facebook don't be necessarily like a loser about it and just like post you know, just the video, maybe put like a short description of, you know, Hey, this week I talked about this. I really enjoyed making it. I used, you know, got to see this product X and Y and people, you know, your friends might watch that instead of you just posting a video. Um, you might post something on Twitter. I'll do it a couple days apart. So it's not all in the same place at once, maybe a little bit different description. And that way it's 
out in different places or maybe if you're in a reddit community and you know you have a good established relationship with some people in that community maybe asking them for feedback or to watch it and see where you could grow yeah yeah and i think that you kind of mentioned that in the very beginning parts of this podcast saying that you know what is virability or how does that happen it's because things are shared and things are basically put out there for other people to see and that's the epitome of what you're saying to do uh just get your content out there yeah and i lastly i mean like if you want i think if you want to be successful in how you do and what you do it's about like some people think it's just a video like you see someone post uh, you see MK Beach post a video about cars um, or an autofocus and it's, you know, 12 minutes long. And you think, wow, it only took him probably like three hours to do all that. Like now, like the editing process and everything that goes behind is a long time. So you, that's why you want to pick something you're passionate about, not something necessarily that you think is going to boom right away. Like you can choose that, but in the long run, you're going to get burnt out. Like if you choose like some of the people that chose Minecraft early on because people are watching it don't do it anymore because they're burnt out and their subscribers are all Minecraft people and not, you know, Gears of War fans or Halo or Call of Duty fans. Yeah, definitely. I think that could be said about a lot of things and the fact of if you want to be successful in anything, it's going to take some, you know, it's going to take some things and require some things out of you. And so just be very particular about what you want to be successful in and be certain that you have the resolve to put in that work. Yeah. Um, those are kind of the tips that we have off the top and just starting a channel, making it look appropriate, hopefully getting some views. Um, other thing I could say is like appropriately commenting on other videos, maybe so that it's seen in the world of YouTube, maybe not saying like, Hey, go watch my channel. Or, hey, I just hit 400 subs. Maybe if you're watching hot ones, be like, wow, that was crazy that they did that. I can't believe blah, blah, blah. And maybe it gets upvoted and someone clicks on your profile and like, wow, they do cooking. Sweet. I'll watch a couple of videos or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. And so is that basically what you have to give as far as advice off the top for all of these YouTube fanatics that are thinking about starting it up? Yeah, I think those are the real solid steps to starting is finding something you're passionate in, making an appropriate and professional creating the content you like, figuring out your style, um, you know, making an accurate description and then just sharing it. Yeah, guys, I think that was uh, very well said. So all of you guys that are thinking about it have no more excuses. Now you guys can get out there and start creating that content and don't be afraid to reach out to us and let us know, Hey, check out this video that you guys helped me get to or get to this spot because we always enjoy that. And you know, that's why we're doing it. It's not to be super successful. It's to become the best archeologist and let everyone know about it. Perfect. Catch you guys later.